0: A couple of years ago during the summer after my junior year of high school, my friends went to the beach to see the 4th of July fireworks. A bit of background information, I lived a county away from my friends and wasn't familiar with the area around that beach, and only one friend, Shelby, lived anywhere near the beach. The others lived much further inland. None of us could drive, so we walked several miles to the town beach from Shelby's house before the fireworks and we're making our way back in the late evening around 10 o'clock. There's a certain distance from the beach where the crowd from the fireworks always disperses as they make their way down side streets at around the point where the major shops in the town are, but we had to keep following the straight road through the center of the town to get back to Shelby's house. The streets are always mostly empty at that point, with only a few stragglers and the occasional cop at a very busy intersection. There were four of us, Shelby, Amber, Hannah, and myself, walking in rows of two with our arms linked together. We had had a pretty good time and were still feeling kind of giddy and goofy. Hannah was my partner, and Shelby and Amber were walking behind us. We were on a bit of a stretch of road with no side streets with a bunch of smaller shops, fast food joints, gas stations, etc., where everything was closed due to the holiday and the late hour. There was a group of a few men, around their late 20s or early 30s, standing on the sidewalk outside an empty gas station they didn't move to get off the path when they saw us walking toward them which i thought was odd but it was a holiday and they were pretty obviously drunk so we stepped slightly into the street to walk around them one man grabbed hannah's arm while we were trying to pass by and asked if she had a cigarette on her none of my friends smoked at the time so we very honestly said no and continued to walk once hannah pulled her arm away The man was tall and fairly well-built, and we're all pretty short, so we were a little startled, but we didn't think much of it as we walked down the street. We even made a few jokey comments about it when we were far enough away from the station. Several minutes later, Amber and Shelby fell a bit behind because one of the crappy flip-flops Amber was wearing slipped off her foot. Hannah and I didn't notice and kept walking and the next thing we knew, Shelby and Amber were leaning over our shoulders and whispering that the man from the station who tried to ask Hannah for a cigarette was following us a few yards back, without any of his friends in tow. We were all a little freaked out at this point, but we decided that it was possible that he just happened to be going in the same direction, so we picked up the pace and continued down the street. At this point. There were intersections that start appearing every few blocks or so so we switched to the other side of the street at one and kept going we thought that we probably had nothing to worry about anymore until amber looked over her shoulder at the next intersection and saw the guy on the same side of the street as us again we switched once more and he switched with us but the third time we switched the man didn't instead he kept walking on the other side of the street a bit after the intersection a big commercial truck was parked on our side that blocked the view of most of the street in front of us. Something didn't feel right to me, so I made everyone hang back a few seconds, and we stopped a couple of yards away from the truck. Lo and behold, the gas station guy crossed in front of the truck and headed down the side street next to it that was between two shops that were already closed for the evening Shelby started swearing, and we turned around and ran back to the intersection and down the street that intersected the street we had been walking on. We were only an empty train parking lot away from Shelby's house then, so we kept running full tilt down the street and through the lot, as she explained that the side street he walked into wasn't a real street, just a dead-end alley between two restaurants. Nobody familiar with the area would walk down there on purpose but it would be the perfect place to go if you wanted to get the jump on somebody walking by. So, creepy gas station guy who followed four teenagers on foot for almost a mile, let's not meet. The soft purring of our car faded into a distant whisper as we drove through the sprawling countryside. The endless stretches of green fields, flecked with spots of golden sunlight, made for a soothing sight. Next to me, Amy was engrossed in a guidebook, her brows knitted in concentration. Harper's Creek, she mused, pointing at a vibrant photograph of a charming little town. It looks like something out of a fairy tale, doesn't it, Michael? I nodded, my eyes still on the road, but my mind lost in her words. Harper's Creek, the small town known for its grand Fourth of July celebrations. The quaint streets, historic houses, and hospitable locales made it a perfect retreat for city folks like us, longing for a break from our demanding lives in New York. As we rolled into the town, we were greeted by a vibrant display of patriotic spirit. Red, white, and blue fluttered from every corner, and the cheerful chatter of people preparing for the upcoming festivities filled the air. We checked into a cozy inn, nestled between two century-old maple trees. The innkeeper, Mrs. Blanchard, was a pleasant woman with a hearty laugh and a warm smile. After showing us to our room, she regaled us with tales of past Independence Day celebrations that made Amy's eyes sparkle with anticipation. Later, we took a stroll down the town's main street, greeting the locals and receiving hearty waves and friendly smiles in return. Their welcoming nature stirred a sense of belonging within us that the impersonal cityscape of New York rarely offered. But the idyllic charm of Harper's Creek held a distinct allure a kind of magic that hung in the air, filling the spaces between the cobblestone streets and historic houses. As Amy and I navigated the town, it felt like we were stepping back in time. We wound up at a local diner, indulging in the best apple pie we'd ever tasted. As we laughed and shared stories, we felt a warmth spread through us, one that wasn't entirely due to the pie. It was the comforting sense of being on a long-deserved vacation finally away from the skyscrapers and traffic jams, emails and conference calls. As the evening set in, Harper's Creek illuminated in a soft glow. The town was coming alive with the enchanting energy of the upcoming celebrations. We walked hand in hand, the town's infectious cheerfulness seeping into us, filling us with an indescribable joy. Returning to our inn, we found our room filled with the sweet scent of summer. Through the window, The moon cast long, silvery shadows, creating an intricate lacework on the floor. It felt like we were wrapped up in a bubble of serenity, the chaos of our city life forgotten. In that peaceful quiet, we drifted off to sleep, comforted by the rhythmic symphony of nature. Little did we know that our perfect retreat would soon turn into a hide-and-seek that neither of us had signed up for. That night, under the guise of the star-studded sky and amidst the cheerful hum of Harper's Creek, A stranger's eyes were already on us, waiting for the sun to rise on the 4th of July. We woke up to a beautiful sunny morning, the chirping of birds creating a sweet symphony. The excitement of the day ahead made me giddy. I looked over at Amy, her face glowing with anticipation. The day started with the inaugural parade, the streets thrumming with life as the entire town came together. The sight of children waving their little flags Their faces painted with patriotic colors brought an infectious smile to our faces. As we joined the cheerful crowd, my eyes were drawn to a man standing at the fringe of the parade. He was wearing a dark suit and a wide-brimmed hat that obscured most of his face, his posture stiff and out of place among the merriment. I nudged Amy, subtly gesturing toward the man. She gave him a cursory glance and then laughed it off. Oh, come on, Michael. Stop being such a mystery novel buff. This is Harper's Creek, not a Sherlock Holmes story. Despite her words, I couldn't help but feel a strange unease. The man's presence felt intrusive, a stark contrast to the jovial mood around us. It wasn't so much his attire, but the way he stood, like a shadow that didn't quite belong, watching with an unreadable gaze. As the day progressed, I couldn't get rid of the feeling of being watched. Every time we moved to a different event, A pie-eating contest, a horseshoe toss, the stranger was always there. He never participated, never interacted. He simply watched, always maintaining a distance, but with a presence that seemed to permeate the crowd. At times, I would catch a glimpse of him, the wide-brimmed hat providing a frustrating barrier, never revealing more than a silhouette. Yet, the sense of familiarity, of recognition gnawed at me, making me question whether our paths had crossed before. That night, as Amy and I lay in bed, the day's events replaying in my mind, I couldn't help but voice my concerns. Amy, I began, that man, he was everywhere we went today. Didn't that seem strange to you? Amy turned to look at me, her expression softening. Michael, we're in a small town. It's natural to run into the same people at different places. And about him watching us, you're just imagining things. We're new here. Everyone is curious about us. Despite her soothing words, sleep eluded me. I couldn't help but feel the piercing gaze of the stranger, an unwelcome sensation that crept over me even in the safety of our room. Amy was fast asleep next to me, her peaceful expression a stark contrast to my disturbed thoughts. A strange chill ran down my spine, the thrill of the day now replaced by a creeping sense of dread. I kept trying to convince myself that Amy was right. We were in a small town, it was natural to bump into the same people. And perhaps my fondness for thrillers was making me imagine things. But in the silent darkness, the stranger in the wide-brimmed hat seemed to grow more ominous, casting a long, unsettling shadow that seemed to stretch into the upcoming days of our vacation. In the clear light of the next day, my fears from the night before seemed silly. The warm morning sun washed away my concerns, leaving me eager to dive into the day's festivities. Yet a tiny knot of unease tugged at my insides. Amy was as excited as ever, her spirit untouched by my paranoia. We spent our morning strolling through the local farmer's market, trying exotic cheeses and laughing over Amy's haggling skills. But even amid the joyous bustle, I felt the feeling of being watched. Sure enough, as I scanned the crowd, I spotted the stranger. He was standing on the other side of the market, his gaze fixed on us. The wide-brimmed hat obscuring his face, making him an enigma I desperately wanted to solve. Every time our paths crossed, a chill ran down my spine. The stranger, like a phantom, appeared wherever we went. At the pie-baking contest, he was there. During the square dance, he was there. The constant undercurrent of his presence was turning our cheerful vacation into a nerve-wracking ordeal. When I shared my growing anxiety with Amy, she laughed it off again but this time her laughter didn't reach her eyes. Michael, you're letting your imagination run wild, she said. Maybe he's a tourist like us, enjoying the celebrations. But I knew there was something about him that didn't quite fit the tourist mold. The way he carried himself, the perpetual air of mystery around him, it didn't sit right with me. That evening, as the sun set and the town prepared for the nightly bonfire, we decided to go for a walk by the creek. The tranquil water and the rustling leaves should have been calming, but I felt my heart racing as I spotted the familiar wide-brimmed hat in the distance. Under the canopy of the twilight sky, his silhouette appeared more menacing. My mind filled with images of dark crime novels, sending a shiver down my spine. Amy, sensing my tension, squeezed my hand tighter, her reassurances growing less confident. The carefree vacation we'd envisioned was morphing into an unsettling game of cat and mouse my every step was shadowed by the stranger's unyielding gaze transforming the charming town of harper's creek into a labyrinth i was desperately trying to navigate that night as i lay in bed the moonlight casting ghostly shapes on the wall i couldn't help but stare at the window half expecting to see the wide-brimmed hat appear every rustle of the wind Every creak of the old inn seemed to echo the stranger's eerie presence. While Amy found solace in sleep, I was trapped in my thoughts, grappling with the unsettling feeling that we were not alone. The memory of the stranger's constant gaze was like a nightmare that wouldn't fade, a constant reminder that our dream vacation had taken a dark, unexpected turn. The much-awaited evening of the Fourth of July was upon us. The atmosphere buzzed with exhilaration, children ran around with sparklers, And the smell of hot dogs and popcorn filled the air. Amy and I, despite the unspoken worry, joined the townsfolk at the fairground. As the sun dipped below the horizon, the first firework burst into the sky, a dazzling shower of colors against the inky blackness. A wave of applause echoed through the crowd, the palpable excitement adding to the spectacle. However, the grandeur of the display was lost on me as my eyes involuntarily scanned the crowd. Amid the sea of happy faces, my gaze landed on the stranger. His silhouette, stark under the colorful bursts of light, sent a jolt of fear through me. The proximity was unsettling. I felt Amy's hand tighten around mine, her cheerful demeanor faltering. I knew then that she too had seen him. Our eyes met, a silent understanding passing between us. In that moment, we decided to leave. We maneuvered through the crowd, my heart pounding in my chest the stranger's presence looming large in my mind. However, as we made our way towards the exit, I caught a glimpse of the stranger from the corner of my eye. He had started to follow us. His calm stride was at odds with the chaos in my mind. A bead of sweat trickled down my temple, my hand trembling as it clung to Amy's. With the stranger behind us, the charming streets of Harper's Creek felt like a sinister maze. The once-friendly faces of the townsfolk blurred into an indistinguishable mass, their laughter and cheers echoing hollowly in our ears. As we quickened our pace, Amy's breath came out in ragged gasps, mirroring my own fear. Our once dream vacation had turned into a nightmare. The city we longed to escape from seemed a safe haven compared to our current predicament. We finally reached the safety of our inn, our breaths heavy, our hearts racing. Once inside, we locked the door, The reality of our situation crashing down on us the presence of the stranger was no longer a mere unsettling feeling it had evolved into a palpable threat as we peered out of the window the fireworks continued to light up the night sky their radiant colors a stark contrast to the darkness that had descended upon our hearts the joyous cheers of the townsfolk seemed distant their celebrations oblivious to our distress that night as we sat huddled in our room The walls of the cozy inn felt suffocating the cheeriness of the town outside morphing into a mocking echo the fear was real the threat was real and harper's creek was no longer a charming retreat but a stage for a terrifying ordeal we had yet to comprehend fully the room was cloaked in an oppressive silence broken only by our erratic breaths and the distant sounds of the continuing celebrations amy and i once eager tourists now sat huddled on our bed, feeling more trapped than ever before. Looking at Amy, I could see the same fear mirrored in her eyes. The adventure we'd embarked on, hoping for respite from our daily grind, had turned into a horrifying reality. The dark cloud of the unknown stranger's intentions loomed ominously over us. We spent the rest of the night in a fitful, uneasy silence, jumping at the slightest sound. The room, which had once felt like a cozy retreat, now seemed unfamiliar and cold. The hum of the air conditioner, the ticking of the clock, every small sound was amplified in the stillness, adding to our anxiety. Every so often, I'd peer out of the window, half expecting to see the stranger in his wide-brimmed hat lurking in the shadows. But all I could see was the moonlight illuminating the empty streets, an eerie calm settling over the town that contrasted sharply with the turmoil in my heart. Amy, in an attempt to soothe our nerves, suggested we try and get some sleep, but the thought of closing my eyes, even for a moment, filled me with dread. The image of the stranger, standing amidst the crowd, his gaze following us, was etched deeply in my mind. I knew that sleep would be an elusive companion that night. The once delightful sounds of nature, the chirping crickets, the rustling leaves, now carried a sinister undertone. The very air of Harper's Creek, which had once felt fresh and invigorating, was now laden with a stifling tension. As the night wore on, I found myself trapped in a whirlpool of fear and confusion. Questions swarmed my mind like persistent hornets. Who was the stranger? Why was he following us? Did he intend to harm us? And most importantly, were we going to make it out of this town safely? Every creak of the floor, every rustle of the curtains seemed to signify impending doom. The shadows played tricks on my weary eyes, morphing into ghastly figures that made my heart race. Despite the exhaustion tugging at my eyelids, I remained vigilant, unwilling to let my guard down. As dawn broke, bringing with it the first streaks of light, a sense of relief washed over me. The bright rays dispelled some of the fear that had clung to us throughout the night. However, the reality of our predicament remained. We were trapped in this idyllic town with a mysterious stranger whose intentions were unknown. The events of the night had transformed our perception of Harper's Creek. The charming little town had turned into a dangerous maze overnight, a place where every alley hid potential threats, and every friendly face could be masking sinister intentions. As I looked at the dawning day, I knew we had to come up with a plan. As the day broke, casting a warm glow on the picturesque town, Amy and I sat down to hatch a plan. Our shared fear had solidified into a resolution to seek answers we decided to approach the town sheriff harper's creek was small and we reasoned that a stranger especially one as noticeable as ours would have caught the sheriff's attention the decision made us feel marginally better like we were regaining control of the situation with a renewed sense of purpose we headed to the sheriff's office it was a small unassuming building looking more like a cozy home than a station for law enforcement. Sheriff Davis, a grizzled man with a kind smile, listened to our concerns with an attentive calmness. I described the stranger, the wide-brimmed hat, the dark suit, the unnerving stare. However, to our dismay, he seemed as perplexed as we were. He assured us that such a man hadn't caught his notice but promised to keep an eye out. While we were relieved at having shared our concerns with someone in authority, The conversation did little to allay our fears. The specter of the unknown stranger still hung over us, casting a long, threatening shadow. We spent the rest of the day in a state of heightened alertness. The usual 4th of July activities continued around us, but we were too preoccupied to participate. Instead, we watched the townsfolk, their carefree laughter a stark contrast to our growing fear. Throughout the day, we didn't spot the stranger. His absence, instead of providing relief, only fueled our anxiety. Each passing hour, each scanning gaze that didn't find the familiar wide-brimmed hat added to our nervous anticipation. Where was he? What was he planning? As dusk approached, we found ourselves back in our room, the day's futile search having drained our energy. We felt trapped, helpless against the unseen threat that loomed over us. Harper's Creek, with its cheerful faces and charming scenery, felt like a beautiful facade hiding a terrifying reality. That evening, as we sat by our window, watching the sun set over the horizon, I felt Amy's hand find mine. Her fingers, though cold, offered a comforting warmth, a reminder that we were in this together. Our eyes met, an unspoken promise passing between us. We would face this threat together, refusing to let it ruin our vacation or instill fear in us. We were not alone. We had each other. As night fell, bringing with it the now familiar feeling of unease, we steeled ourselves for the hours ahead. We were no longer simply tourists in a quaint town. We were unwilling participants in a terrifying mystery, a mystery we were determined to solve. While the previous day had passed without a sighting of the stranger, his absence did nothing to allay our fears. Instead, it lent a new kind of urgency to our situation. I woke up with the feeling that we had to dig deeper, that answers wouldn't be found just on the surface. After a breakfast eaten in distracted silence, we decided to spend the day getting to know the townsfolk. If we wanted to learn more about our enigmatic stranger, we had to scratch beneath the town's friendly facade. We reasoned that the people who lived and worked in Harper's Creek would have more to tell us, insights that Sheriff Davis, for all his goodwill, could not provide. We began with Mr. Henderson, the jovial innkeeper. He'd lived in Harper's Creek all his life and seemed to know everyone in the town. As we helped him set up for the day's breakfast rush, we probed him with questions. Yet he, too, hadn't noticed our stranger. His joviality faded slightly as he saw the seriousness of our expressions, replaced by a hint of worry. From there, we moved on to the market square. Mrs. Hopkins, who sold homemade jams, had lived in Harper's Creek for over three decades. She seemed surprised by our inquiries and assured us that the town had always been peaceful. The stranger, she said, was probably just an unusual tourist. Despite the reassurances, our hearts weren't at ease. The day wore on, the sun blazing in the cloudless sky, but we found no answers. The stranger's presence, or rather his absence, was like an unanswered question that echoed in our minds. The town's quaint charm was marred by our fear, the cheery storefronts seemed less inviting, the friendly townsfolk more suspicious. We found ourselves second-guessing every smile, every wave, looking for hidden meanings in harmless conversations. As the day morphed into evening, we found ourselves back in our room, no closer to an answer than before. Our search had only deepened our anxiety, the lack of answers making us feel like we were chasing shadows. However, as we sat in silence, nursing cups of lukewarm tea, Amy spoke up. There was a steely determination in her voice that made me look at her with renewed admiration. She suggested we attend the annual town dance. She reasoned that the event, which attracted almost all the townsfolk, might be the perfect opportunity to observe our stranger. I agreed, although reluctantly. The thought of putting ourselves out there, potentially in the stranger's line of sight, was nerve-wracking. Yet we couldn't cower in our room forever. If we wanted answers, we had to take risks. So, under the blanket of the starlit sky, we ventured out, arm in arm, steeling ourselves for what lay ahead. As we neared the bustling town square, the lively music of the dance band reaching our ears, we took a deep breath. We were not just tourists or unwitting victims, we were a team and we would face this ordeal together. The town square was alive with music and laughter, the twinkling fairy lights lending an air of enchantment. Amy squeezed my hand, her fear masked by a brave smile. We entered the dance, trying to blend in, trying not to let our fear show. We spent the first half of the evening huddled in a corner, observing the crowd. Our eyes scanned the sea of faces for the stranger. But as the night wore on without a sighting, our anxiety began to rise. The stranger's elusive nature was becoming more frustrating and terrifying with each passing hour. We decided to join the dance hoping to ease our nerves and keep up appearances. As I held Amy close, we swayed to the rhythm of the music, our fears temporarily forgotten. We were just another couple, enjoying the festivities, lost in the sea of joyous faces. But the respite was short-lived. A tap on my shoulder jolted me from my temporary peace. Turning around, I came face to face with the stranger. His eyes bore into mine, his expression unreadable, A cold shiver ran down my spine as he tipped his wide-brimmed hat and disappeared into the crowd. Fear gripped us tightly once again. We scanned the crowd, but the stranger had vanished as quickly as he had appeared. His brief presence had turned our already tense evening into a nightmare. In the face of this threat, we decided to retreat. Leaving the square felt like admitting defeat, but our safety was our priority. As we hurried back to the inn, the echo of the music seemed to mock us. The town square... A place of joy and celebration was now a haunting memory. Once inside the safety of our room, we collapsed onto the bed, our breaths ragged and our hearts pounding. The room felt smaller, the walls closing in on us. We felt trapped, the unknown danger lurking just outside our door. Yet, in the face of our fear, a new determination took hold. We had seen the stranger, he was real, and he was here. There was no denying his presence or his interest in us, but we were no longer passive victims. We were active players in this dangerous game. As I looked at Amy, I saw the same resolution mirrored in her eyes. We were in this together and we would face whatever lay ahead with courage. We would not let the stranger ruin our vacation or instill fear in us. We had come to Harper's Creek for an adventure, and an adventure was what we got, albeit a terrifying one. That night we made a pact. We would confront the stranger, ask him directly about his intentions. If he was indeed a threat, we would face him head on. We were determined to regain control of our vacation, and more importantly, our lives. In the cold, quiet room, with only the distant echo of the dance music as our company, we prepared ourselves for the confrontation that awaited us. The stranger had made his move, and now it was our turn. Waking up that morning, I felt a mixture of fear and resolve. Today was the day we were going to face the stranger. The thought was chilling, yet oddly empowering. We were done running, done hiding. It was time to confront our fears. We spent the morning in tense anticipation, formulating a plan. Our decision was bold, perhaps reckless, but we were resolute. We would confront the stranger in a public place, ensuring that we had the safety of numbers. With our plan in place, we ventured out, our hearts heavy but determined. The hours passed in a blur of anxiety. Every corner we turned, every face we saw, we expected to find him, waiting for us with that cold, piercing gaze. Yet, as the day wore on, he remained elusive. The town was filled with the usual hustle and bustle, completely unaware of our silent vigil. As evening approached our frustration grew. Our resolve so firm in the morning was wavering. The fear was creeping back in, the unanswered questions gnawing at us, but then, As we rounded a corner, we saw him. He was standing across the street, his figure easily recognizable even in the gathering dusk. The wide-brimmed hat, the dark suit, everything was exactly as we remembered. He seemed to be waiting, as though he'd known we were coming. Taking a deep breath, we crossed the street. Our steps were slow but steady, our hearts pounding in unison. As we approached, he turned to face us. His eyes, like twin pools of ice, sent a shiver down my spine. But we stood our ground, our resolve stronger than our fear. We need to talk, I managed to say, my voice surprisingly steady. He simply nodded, a faint smile playing on his lips. The sight was chilling, yet it steeled our determination. We were not going to back down now. Our confrontation was tense, filled with silences that were louder than words. We asked him why he was following us, what he wanted. His answers were vague, his tone dismissive. He spoke in riddles, evading our questions, his smile never faltering. Frustration bubbled within us, our fear transforming into anger. We were tired of his games, tired of living in fear. Yet before we could press further, he turned away, melting into the shadows as swiftly as he had appeared. We were left standing in the middle of the street, our questions still unanswered. The confrontation had given us no closure, no peace. Instead, It had deepened the mystery, casting a longer, darker shadow over us. Returning to our room that night, we felt a sense of defeat. Our bold confrontation had yielded no answers, only more questions. Yet, as we climbed into bed, we found comfort in each other. We had faced our fear, and though we were not victorious, we were not defeated either. The town of Harper's Creek, once a charming vacation spot, was now a puzzle we were determined to solve. The stranger, our uninvited guest, was a challenge we were ready to face. We would not let him control us, not let him instill fear in us. We were stronger, braver, and we were together. We awoke to a day steeped in uncertainty. Our confrontation with the stranger hadn't provided the clarity we sought. His evasiveness only strengthened our resolve to unearth the truth. Deciding to explore beyond the perimeters of the small town, we planned a hike through the surrounding forest. If our stranger had any connection to Harper's Creek, we reasoned that it must lie beyond the town's cheerful facade. So, armed with a local map and a steely determination, we ventured into the wilderness. The forest was eerily silent, the rustling leaves and chirping birds only adding to the ambiance. The unknown seemed to lurk in every shadow, making us hyper-aware of our surroundings. Every crunching leaf underfoot, every rustle in the trees felt like an ominous warning. After hours of futile exploration, we stumbled upon an old, dilapidated cabin, hidden deep within the forest. The sight of it, hidden away from prying eyes, gave me a chill. Instinctively we approached the cabin, our curiosity peaked. Inside we found remnants of habitation, a worn-out coat, an old hat, and some photographs. Studying the photographs, we were shocked to recognize the stranger. But what startled us more was the realization that these photos were old perhaps decades old, yet our stranger hadn't aged a day. Fear and bewilderment battled within us as we tried to make sense of our discovery. The implications were unsettling. Was the stranger a resident of the town who had disappeared? Or was he something else, something more sinister? Our minds raced with questions, each more troubling than the last. Suddenly we heard footsteps outside the cabin. Our hearts pounded in our chests as we scrambled to hide, peering through a crack in the cabin wall we saw him. The stranger, with his familiar hat and suit, stood outside, looking directly at the cabin. Fear nodded in our stomachs as he started walking towards the cabin. We were trapped, our only escape route blocked. We held our breaths as he neared the door, each second stretching into an eternity. Then, just as we were bracing ourselves for the worst, he stopped. After what felt like an eternity, he turned and walked away, disappearing back into the forest. We were left trembling, the fear of discovery leaving us weak. Our encounter in the forest marked a turning point. The cabin and the photographs it contained had unearthed a part of the mystery surrounding our stranger. The unsettling truth was out there, lurking in the forest, hidden in the cabin, and we were one step closer to discovering it. As we made our way back to the town, we felt a sense of unity. The terror we'd experienced had cemented our bond. The stranger was no longer just an ominous figure, he was a puzzle we were determined to solve. Together, we would face whatever lay ahead, refusing to let fear control us. The day following our cabin encounter was a whirlwind of confusion and speculation. The photographs we found painted a different picture of our stranger, a picture rooted in the town's past. Yet, the revelation raised more questions than answers. In our quest to unravel the truth, we decided to visit the town's historian. A frail elderly woman named Miss Edna. She had lived in Harper's Creek her entire life and was well versed with its history. Perhaps she could provide the missing pieces to our puzzle. We showed her the photographs, watching as a flicker of recognition passed across her eyes. She confirmed that the man in the picture was indeed a former resident of the town, named Thomas Weller, who had mysteriously disappeared decades ago. However, she was as baffled as we were to hear about our recent encounters, Our hearts thudded heavily as we processed her revelations. Could our stranger be the missing Thomas Weller? The idea was preposterous, yet the evidence was compelling. Were we chasing a ghost from the past, a mystery that the town itself had forgotten? As we left Miss Edna's house, a sense of unease settled over us. The shadows of Harper's Creek seemed to stretch longer, the secrets deeper. We were in the midst of a mystery that spanned decades, tangled in a web of silence and forgotten history. Back at the inn, we found a note slipped under our door. My heart jumped into my throat as I recognized the handwriting. It was the stranger's. He asked us to meet him at the cabin in the forest at midnight. This was our chance, a chance to confront him, to finally get the answers we'd been seeking. As night fell, we prepared ourselves. The prospect of meeting the stranger in the secluded forest cabin was terrifying. Yet, we knew we had to go. We had to face this mystery head-on, for our sake and for the town's. With the town clock striking midnight, we found ourselves standing outside the cabin. The forest was ominously silent, the moon casting long, eerie shadows. The anticipation was suffocating, the uncertainty paralyzing. And then, as if on cue, he emerged from the shadows. There he stood, the stranger, Thomas Weller, as real as the fear that gripped us his gaze met ours, a silent acknowledgement passing between us. The confrontation we had been building towards was finally here. As we stepped into the cabin, our heartbeats echoed in our ears. The truth was within our grasp, the ghost from the past finally ready to reveal its story, and we were ready to listen. The inside of the cabin was lit only by the faint moonlight seeping through the cracks. In this dim light the stranger, Thomas Weller as we now knew him, seemed more like a ghost than ever. Yet the fear that once gripped us had given way to anticipation. His story was a tale of tragedy and sorrow. He had been a young man in love, planning to elope with his sweetheart on the 4th of July many decades ago, but she never showed up at their meeting place. Heartbroken and confused, he had left town, his disappearance forever haunting the town's history. The woman he loved was Amy's grandmother, The resemblance between Amy and her was the reason he had been drawn to us. He had mistaken Amy for his lost love, causing him to act in ways that had terrified us. In reality, he was a lost soul trying to rectify his past. As the truth unfurled, our fear evaporated, replaced by sympathy for the man before us. His actions, however frightening, were rooted in pain and loss. We were not in danger, we were just entangled in an old love story that had resurfaced. Having finally unburdened himself, Thomas seemed to find a certain peace. He apologized for his actions, expressing gratitude for our willingness to listen. With a final look at Amy, a silent farewell passed between them. He stepped outside the cabin and disappeared into the forest, leaving us in stunned silence. We returned to the town just as dawn was breaking. The once-threatening shadows now seemed harmless. The secrets of Harper's Creek finally laid bare. We were no longer hunted, no longer afraid. Our last day in Harpers Creek was spent in a quiet reflection, the events of the past days seeming almost surreal. We shared our discovery with Miss Edna, who was both relieved and saddened by the truth. The mystery of Thomas Weller was finally solved, bringing closure not only to us, but also to the town. As we packed our bags to return home, we felt a sense of fulfillment. Our 4th of July trip had turned into an adventure we hadn't anticipated. A journey that tested us, scared us, but ultimately brought us closer. We had faced our fears, unmasked a ghost, and unearthed a forgotten story. The road leading out of Harper's Creek was bathed in the warm morning light. As we drove away, I took one last look at the town in the rearview mirror. Harper's Creek, with its charm and mysteries, had become a part of our story. It was a reminder of our journey. A testament to our bravery, a symbol of our unity. We began our trip as a couple looking for a simple Fourth of July celebration. We ended up discovering not just the town's secret but also our own courage. Harper's Creek would forever be a memory of our shared adventure, a story of fear, mystery, and the power of unity. As the town disappeared in the distance, I squeezed Amy's hand. We had faced the unknown together and emerged stronger, We were no longer just a couple on a trip. We were partners, ready to face any challenge, any mystery that life might throw at us. And that was the most profound revelation of all.